This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is the highly speculative asset. Uh, I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. Let's dive in together and discover the exciting potential of crypto. In this week's episode, we'll be giving you all the news from the last seven days with an added bonus of a very special guest. Myself and Blake are excited to be joined by Ben Simpson from The Collective Shift. And we're also in front of cameras today, so you won't be able to see us on your Spotify and wherever else you're listening to us, but we're in front of a camera, so we're all a little bit extra nervous today, but we're also extra excited because Ben's here. And Ben is the CEO of education platform Collective Shift, who He's been in the space for many years doing incredible work, introducing and helping people on their crypto journey. So, Ben, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little bit jealous of Steve Smith as an ambassador. <laughs> little, uh, I'm, a, I'm a tragic cricket fan, so uh, oh, <laughs> a I, jealous knew, I, knew you'd, I knew you'd bring that up straight oh. away because I knew that you were a tragic cricket fan. <laughs> um, Absolutely no good, what I asked. <laughs> what I not playing anymore because no. you're too busy jet-setting all over the world. You've just travelled so much in the last year. I'm enjoying it, yeah. I, uh, I think that's part of like the Web3 lifestyle, right? Like freedom and travelling and just doing what you want to do when yeah. you want to do it. So, yeah, it's been good. I used to live in St Kilda for two or three years, but, um, yeah, I've been travelling the last six or eight months. A few more trips planned this year. I'm off to Thailand next on Thursday, which mm. I'm just slowly getting used to the weather from Tassie to Perth and to Thailand. Yeah, just getting yeah, used to yeah. the humidity. So. so we are lucky that you are in person with us here in Perth today. And we are long-time friends with you. Ah. And the last time, well, the first time, sorry, that I met you was here in Perth at the very beginning of my crypto journey in really early 2018. Ah, and you must day. have been about 12 at the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. January 2018. Yes, wow. like so long ago. And like like I said in the intro, the collective shift, how's it going? Yeah, it's been crazy. Uh, we just closed a, a seed round, which was, uh, you know, really exciting for us late last year. And it's just been all full steam ahead at the start of this year. So we just uh, signed a deal with the Australian Open. So the Australian Open has yeah, their own NFT yep. and... Mm. Um, yeah, we've just delivered like 6,000 memberships to their wow. Australian Open, which has been absolute bananas. 
Uh, and yeah, next I'm not sure when the podcast goes out, but we're announcing a deal with SwiftX oh. uh, in the next couple of weeks as well, which is wow. really exciting. So yeah, we're really loving being at the forefront of education in this space, and I'm loving the sophistication that the market's moving towards. I'm not sure what you guys think. Or I'm mm. sure we'll talk about it today, but I'm really liking how people are starting to think about Bitcoin and Ethereum as a uh, like a diversification to their portfolio, not this kind of crazy like 50x, 100x barreling the old coins. Obviously, mm. there's still that. That's why I love bamboo. Dollar cost <laughs> averaging is something we teach all the time. So it's good that people are finally starting to move towards that yeah. you know, real reason Bitcoin and ETH is around. And, and, and delivering or administering education material over the last 12 months versus 2023, are you seeing any differences in the market? How are people looking at it or feeling about it all? Yeah, we are definitely looking, I mean, the trends have changed, right? Like we go back 12, 13 months ago, we had, you know, NFTs is a big craze. Mm. What we're thinking and what we're seeing this year is more movement towards things that actually solve problems or give entertainment to people. So I think gaming is going to be a massive trend for this year. Mm. Like the likes of Alluvium as a fellow Aussie company, I think they're, they're crushing yep. it. Uh, I think the scaling on Ethereum, like with NFTs, um, super excited, super excited about that. We saw when, uh, NFT started to blow up like Ethereum couldn't really handle the amount of mm. transactions that was happening, like, you know, fees and everything was going a lot higher. And, and honestly, the fundamentals of Bitcoin gets me super excited. I read a research report recently about from ARK Invest, mm. Matthew Woods. Oh, my Matthew goodness. Woods, yep. Jeez, don't you just want to pull out your wallet and buy more Bitcoin? Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's just so much cool stuff happening. And what I love about it is that, you know, what the media talk about this space is – the, the 5 or 10%, all the problems we had last year was through centralization problems and people doing the wrong thing. The fundamentals of this technology has not changed. And that's why I think we've got such a, such a great investment opportunity uh, getting ahead of, you know, the mainstream that are still seeing the space as not what's actually going on, if that makes sense. Mm, mm. You touched on, you know, where the market's going this year. And last week we spoke about January and how the market started off. But we wanted to start today with your outlook for this year, perhaps. Mm. Um, and, you know, the market started well. Where do you think we're going? Yeah, so in November last year, we uh, announced that we basically started buying again. So for context, for, for the listeners that don't know, we have a membership platform where we deliver research and analysis. We have a team of six analysts that are looking at the market and we started buying back around the $16,000 level. We felt that from like November last year to the end of this year, we were going to, you know, sit somewhere between 16000 and sort of 24000 USD in Bitcoin. And I truly think that's a, a great opportunity to buy. Mm. And I think if I remember like how I accumulated uh, most of my crypto, I made money in crypto was from dollar cost averaging mm. and uh, just continuing to buy week after week. I know that's a boring strategy, but honestly, if you can set that up in an automated way and you don't have to think about it, and you just go and work and you do your thing, you come back in six or 12 months' time, you've actually accumulated mm. heap of Bitcoin. I looked the other day on like what I've been able to accumulate just by working over the last six months. And it's it's kind of like, mm. you know, crazy to think mm. that. Especially the last six months. Especially, yeah. right? And But if you're having to do that manually each mm. week, you'll forget about it. You think the market's down. It's not exciting to buy in a bear market. No. So if you can set yourself up and have the conviction and not listen to the media and not fall in the mainstream narrative and know where this space is going and you can accumulate that because for most of us, we don't have a lot of excess cash week to week, right? We know inflation's going up, cost of living, like it is hard to invest in this space. Mm. But if you can just put a bit aside each week, I use it I use it as a savings mechanism because mm. I'm not going to spend it, right? Yep. It's you know, Once it goes there, that's it's done. Yep. Where if I save cash, I'm probably going to spend, a, you know, go on more, mm. you know, more trips and do whatever, <laughs> right? So, yeah, I think, I think honestly this year will be – the last time we're going to get these sorts of prices in mm. crypto. Mm -hmm. 
Certainly a massive opportunity. And when you talk about we buying as as the collective shift, is that do you guys buy crypto on your balance sheet, or is that just your um, research that you deliver into your user base? Yeah, a bit of both. Yeah. So as a company, we we buy Bitcoin on our balance sheet. Nice. I think uh, not as much as micro strategy, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I think you know holding cash over a long period of time, you know you, you're decreasing your purchasing power. We're seeing the cost of living prices going up. Uh, and they're just continuing to, to to increase the supply of cash and holding cash. You what you can buy with that cash over time decreases. Mm. So buying a limited supply asset like Bitcoin, um, you know, and seeing the fundamentals of like you know the long term holder supply at the moment, like it's the highest amount of Bitcoin that's being held by long term holders in in mm. you know, forever basically. Yep. Uh, the hash rates, you know, at, at all-time highs in terms of the security, like the network's never been stronger. So to to put money in the balance sheet, number one, tick for us mm. as, a, as a company, but then also as research analysts, we've started to um, started to buy as of sort of November last year. So Fantastic. Yeah, it's a good time to buy, I think. So we talk a little bit about um, the market structure and market cycles. So where do you feel we are in this market cycle? I think the worst is behind us. Yes, we could retrace down to 20,000, maybe high teens in the terms of US dollar Bitcoin price. But if we think about what happened last year, like it was just a bloodbath. Mm. It wouldn't have got any worse. Mm. (laughs) Well, it could have actually. If Coinbase or Binance or Bamboo went under, let's not say, let's not go there. (laughs) Um, But I think the worst is behind us. Like, you know, it really stress tested the the market Mm. and it put a lot of pressure on exchanges, liquidity, you know, you know, SBF was probably the the, the top. FTX was the was mm. probably the bottom. Um, and I think the price at the start of this year is just you know pushing the price back to a means or back to an average. Mm. I think it was compressed for so long last year. Uh, we're on the downhills run to the to the halving, mm. and mm. You, know, you know even like players like Fidelity. So I've got a few friends in the US who have Fidelity bank accounts in in America. Mm. You know, it's four hundred million plus people in America. <laughs> Twenty million, twenty two here in, in Australia. Like it's a massive market. And Fidelity, one of the biggest banks and institutions over there, just started, you know, offering crypto to their users through their mm-hmm. the bank. And that's starting to pick up, right? So we've got to remember as us as Australians, we like to think the world revolves around us, but it, it, it doesn't. Like there's mm. much bigger markets out there and and a lot a lot of capital. And as you can start mm. to give access to those people out there that want to buy, it, it's going to be, you know, really bullish for the space. Obviously, 2023 is a year of accumulation. I think that's what a lot of people are looking at, institutions, mm. smart money's coming into the space, starting to buy mm. um, at these prices and really looking at a two, three, four-year horizon or even longer. Um, and, yeah, as these new tools come on for, you know, the general public to buy more and more crypto, I've seen PayPal has an option now mm. to, to maybe even auto-invest. Auto mm. um, you know, these things will just reduce the supply mm. as, um, as the adoption increases, yeah. And attract that retail. Yeah, as the products get better and it allows users to actually use, like even the Stripe integration where you can buy Mm. crypto through uh, like Shopify and things like that through like an easier access point, I think it'll allow people to just be onboarded much easier. Yeah. yeah, and really I think what we've seen over the last several market cycles is the technological innovation driving them. Mm. Like we saw your know, ICOs, we saw NFTs, we saw DeFi. So, you know, what's really interesting to me is looking at, you know, what are the next drivers going to be that mm. are going to create, you know, billions or tens of billions or hundreds of billions of value over the mm. next 12 to 24 months that's going to, you know, spur on the next the next cycle and um, you're probably probably doing a bit more research in that space than we are, but um, yeah, it's exciting to watch. I think the store of wealth is the biggest one. Like if we look at 
digital gold, like gold's market cap is ten trillion. Mm. Right. But what's Bitcoin's right now? Like is it half a trillion? I can't remember exactly where we're at. But if we can penetrate 10, 15, 25, 50 percent is what ARC research is looking into. Like a bullish case is penetrating fifty percent of the gold market cap. That's a five trillion dollar Bitcoin. That's like a that's a ten X from here. Twenty thirty, I think. Twenty thirty. That's a that's a that's a two hundred thousand dollar per Bitcoin if we can penetrate. That's just digital gold on a mm. bullish case. And there's so many other, you know, use cases for Bitcoin with it, you know, payment, settlement, uh, high net wealth, uh, diversification, uh, international payments. Like there's so many other use cases for for Bitcoin that uh, I think a lot of the the reasons why we haven't been able to do that yet is honestly regulation. It's just, it's, I think regulations become a bit of a buzzword as well, but having clear guidelines for mm. people to invest and feel safe with their investments, yeah. that's the big thing. I still think that's an important narrative for this year going forward. Yeah, but look, we're sitting here early February yeah. with all this positive sentiment and positive talk after what you called exactly the bloodbath of last yeah. year yeah. when we were all just, you know, in the depths of despair. Yeah, so, um, yeah, positive yeah. times ahead. So let's move on to um, our first news story to discuss for the last week. We've heard all about the Bitcoin NFTs and it's caused a bit of a stir among the Bitcoin community and the purists are not happy. I'm not entirely sure why. You guys can maybe fill me in a little bit, but I'm not 100% <laughs> across this story, so please shed some light. What exactly, are, what exactly are they not so happy about? I don't understand exactly what's going on here. Which one do you guys want to tell me a bit more about I, this? I can kick it off. And yeah, yeah, go you. for it. So I, I don't <laughs> think Satoshi's original vision was to build an NFTs on Bitcoin. <laughs> I think that's what the OGs are not really yeah, happy about. Yeah. And it's clogging up the Bitcoin network. Like, yeah, I did read that. Yeah, so the mind is clogging up the network. Right? Yeah, the network. I don't think fees have taken – I don't think fees have increased too much from what I know, but the, in terms of the – the time that's taking for the blocks to to uh, to verify and the transaction time is really slowed mm. down. So basically, for listeners at home, Bitcoin is predominantly used for transacting value, i.e., currency. Mm-hmm. And now people are trying to transfer data and images and you know other videos on the Bitcoin mm. network, and it's not really built for that. You know, it has a very limited smart contract nature inside it. And yeah, that's. I think that's why a lot of the OGs are getting upset. So who's done this, and why have they wanted to do it then? I'm not sure who's done that, but a lot of projects have received funding to do to do smart contracts on top of of Bitcoin. People have been trying to crack it for a decade now. Um, many have been unsuccessful and had to pivot and, and do pick up different projects. Is this part of Rootstock or is that something? Yeah, different? Rootstock is one of them. Okay. Uh, RSK. Yeah, the yeah. project's called Ordeals. Yeah, that's it. Ordeals. Ordinals. Ordinals. That's yeah. it. Ordinals. And. Uh, yeah, I, I I think why it's creating such a fuss is because it's it's slowing down the network. And we saw this when CryptoKitties was launched on Ethereum a couple of years ago, right? Mm. Like once you launch a, a game and people are trying to, to use it and the network isn't ready for it, the analogy I use is you've, you've got a six-lane highway that's already busy down mm. here in Perth mm. and you want to drive three tanks across it, right? right? It's gonna, just going to stop everything, everything's going to slow down, cars can't move, you know, you're trying to do something that the road's not built for. Mm. And that's what we're kind of seeing right now. Okay, yeah. well... For sure. And, yeah, I think the OGs, they all got very wealthy from, you know, nothing on the Bitcoin network changing. It's like a very safe, secure platform and, you know, Satoshi's vision was for, to be a peer-to-peer cash mm. you know, payment network and, mm. you know, the more it varies from that, the more upset these people are going to be. So, yeah, I can understand it but, well, yeah. Apparently it wasn't just the OGs. It was across across Twitter, across social media, Reddit. Everyone wasn't happy. They were just <laughs> like, this is not what it's for. This and, is, and I think yeah. the founder of the Ordinals... Um, is someone yeah, yeah. is uh, from what I've read is sort of enjoying enjoying the attention and doesn't really care. Mm. So okay. I think he's sort of like 
probably adding fuel to the fire in a sense. He's like, oh, yeah. every, everyone's pissed off. Great, I'm going to keep doing it. Mm. That's right. All. <laughs> okay. But with the distributed network, people can do what they like, right? Yeah. Mm. So, you know, saying that, oh, you can't use the, the network in this way yeah. because it's, you know, affecting X, Y, Z, I don't think it's really fair either, you know. All right. Well, maybe we won't give him any more time. Let's yeah. move on to our next story. <laughs> Late last year, the Australian Federal Government talked a good game about token mapping. Uh, and we're all a little unsure what that actually meant and where they were going with it. And late last week, there was a press release. And to be honest, I'm still a little unsure on where they're going with it. So let's clear that up. There was a press release and I made some notes and went through myself trying to work out exactly. But I worked in government a long time ago and did my share of um, press releases. And they're really good at just putting buzzwords in things. (laughs) And to me personally, this looked like just putting all the buzzwords in there. 150 pages of buzzwords. Yeah. <laughs> well, just the press release. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha, yeah. Shouldn't they just be focused on regulation and not this token map mm. mapping exercise? Yeah, so I spoke to a crypto lawyer the other day, actually, sort of one of the leading guys in the space, and what he was saying is that the token, token mapping exercise is supposed to provide some sort of clarity on this space, and in, in, in particular what they're cracking down on is securities. Mm. And one of the biggest problems in the space right now is they haven't decided whether or not a lot of these cryptocurrencies are securities. Mm. And if they are securities, a lot of the exchanges aren't registered to sell securities. Mm. So Bitcoin is not. Bitcoin is a commodity. But everything Ethereum down potentially could become a security. Mm. So they're trying to understand what is and isn't a security because the current – if you look at what it, what is and isn't a security, it's very heavily tied towards like the share market and stock market. It's not built for cryptocurrencies. Mm. So they're trying to build that, but they're really cracking down on it because, you know, obviously what we've seen last year, a lot of consumers, a lot of retail investors were hurt with the FTX, Celsius, da-da-da-da-da. So they're trying to build some sort of protections around that. But you know, mm. I tend to agree. I, I, to be honest, I don't pay a lot of attention with it because I, I agree. A lot of it's mm. mumbo-jumbo and nothing really gets done. Mm. Yeah, what it looks like from my end is that, you know, the legislators are really looking for a foundation to make decisions off. Mm. Uh, they, they're they mapping out as, as many different use cases they can for tokens so they can go away and potentially build out a, a regime of licensing um, for uh, – it's either the same as, um, you know, currently what we have, like an AFSL, or a completely new um, licensing regime. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see which direction they go in. It's probably going to be a little bit of both. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think that uh, they just needed some some research to be done um, from a government point of view to figure out what's what so they could make better decisions. But whether they do that or not um, is a different thing. You know, there's a lot of pressures from um, you know, industry groups uh, and individuals about uh, on legislators about, you know, what, what gets across the line. Yeah. I think the, the other thing they were cracking down on was like the earn products. Mm. A lot of the exchanges offering these earn products that at a core, you know, Celsius would name themselves as a crypto bank. But mm. what they were doing is they were just taking your deposits and going to trade them and, you know, these high risk, mm. high levered uh, trades to try and earn more capital to give some back and they keep some. And they're hugely risky and that's what blew up last year. So I think really at, at a core they're trying to protect investors, but it's such a fast, as we all know, it's so, such a fast moving space. Mm. And governments are the complete opposite. It's very hard for them to keep up and, and create a blanket set of rules. Like it's, mm. it's it's too much going on. And, you know, the use of these tokens evolves as well. Mm. You know, what a token is used for today might be used for something exactly. differently. You know, they're, they're fungible and, yeah, like uh, the smart contracts can change. The use cases can change in a matter of weeks, yeah. It's, it's a long, long report. Like I think it was a 140, 150-page report. You know, it's mm. a lot of... 
it's a lot of reading. So, yeah, I think later this year we'll start to see some of this legislation come out is what I'm told. Later this year. Later this year. Yeah. 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 I think everyone agrees that consumer protection is the number one priority in all of this. Mm. Um, But I think that they still need to make sure that what they put out there is correct. Correct, yeah. Um, And I know that, you know, uh, there's a lot of people out on LinkedIn and social media at the moment um, wanting to put together some think tanks with the correct people from all the different you know, sections mm. of this industry coming together to make sure that we've got a voice yeah. mm. so that we can all, you know, put our thoughts out there totally. collectively yeah. mm. um, to be that voice to assist and mm. make sure that we're heard. Yeah, but, you know, what What the danger with that is that you have advocates coming all from... Most of the advocates come from business and they're not advocates of the mm. technology. So there's mm. just probably a... A, you know, a division there of you know what what gets through. Yeah, but what ha- because this because this industry does move so quickly and change so quickly. Mm. What happens if policy is put in place this year, even next year, and then DeFi changes in four or five years, and mm. regulation can't change with it? Mm. Yeah, I think that it would then go through the court process and a judge would make a judgment whether or not the, you know, legislation is relevant or not in the context and then, you know, it's an expensive process and that's how the US is regulating. Mm. They're going through the court system Mm. where that, that, I guess that is a good thing about the Australian landscape is that they're doing research first and then trying to legislate as as opposed to legislate through the court system. I think Mm. that's why it's taking so long because it's like, okay, well, we can put, we can implement it but next week it might be different. So how do we create Mm. a rule that's going to be sort of long lasting and the other thing too is important to remember in a decentralised world, like if you look at DeFi, for example, there's n- usually no business, no person you can go to and, and shut down the business or, or add legislation on because it's a protocol. It exists, mm. you know, it, it's out there in the world and no one's managing it. It's not a business. You can't go knock on the door and mm. ask to shut it down. So mm. that's it's a whole new world for them. Mm. Mm. Mm, interesting. And like we keep saying, it's going to, you know, dominate the discussions, legislation totally. here and abroad for the next, you know, year or two and beyond. So we'll keep you guys up to date. So let's leave it there for the exciting regulation talk. And when we get back from our break, we will get on to our short, sharp news bites. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back. You're listening to The Crypto Curious with Tracy, Blake and Ben from The Collective Shift today. 
So it's the point in the show where we do our short, sharp news bites for the week. Let's see what's happened in the crypto sphere this week. Ladies first. This is a 2030s bet. This is what Mark Zuckerberg told us. Yeah. In the here and the now, we're looking at advertising revenue. Zuckerberg, the metaverse division, losses of $13.72 billion in 2022. But meta shares have been on the rise recently following a quarter earnings report. So the tech giant uh, division wasn't looking very good, but despite that, the numbers are up. Well, the word is that since they've stopped uh, mentioning metaverse in their <laughs> press releases, their share price has been going up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it, folks. It's 28% up. So there you go. I think it's also because he mentioned that they were going to do a lot of layoffs mm. in his report. So that's a huge jump. We always like to say that crypto is the one that only has pumps like that. But there you go. Good old Meta's had a pump as well. Still won't be buying any of those shares. But Blake, you're up next. What have we got? Sam Bankman Freed has become enemy number one within the crypto community. They're trying to paint him as this aberration, this Bernie Madoff. SBF News, Sam is no longer allowed to contact FTX and Alameda employees or use encrypted communications. The US judge, judge has ordered on Wednesday the judge's decision follows Bankman Freed's attempt to vet things out with potential witnesses. <laughs> so guys, what do you think that means? <laughs> He's not allowed to message encrypted messages to yeah. people to get himself out of jail. Yeah, that's the oh. That's Believe what it looks not. like. Goodness Did you me. see any of them? Because they actually, they actually posted one. I yesterday. saw one. That yeah, yeah. What was it? it actually, like it was like, hey man, hey bro. No, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like to you know just sort of tie up any loose ends and make yeah. sure we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's basically that's basically nice. what he's before he faces 140 yeah. years in jail. <laughs> yeah, so that was a little bit dodgy, but a little bit more on Sam. So. His bail guarantor was $250 million, and we've talked about this was the, one of the largest bails ever set. This was not made public and the district attorney judge said that this is now going to be overturned. So as of today, as of today when you'll be listening to this, we'll actually know who it was. Now, Sam and his team fought really hard um, to make this not public and this is really interesting and I'm really interested to see who this was. So we know that it was his parents but there was another group or individual or entity that put up this $250 million and we will find out today who that was. So... Yeah. Who do you think? Who do you think it was, Ben? I didn't even realise that they were going to make that public. They're going to make it. Yeah, it was overturned, and we find out on the seventh. Wow, it wasn't mm. me. If that's <laughs> Everyone's yeah. Uh, uh, I, I just find this really fascinating because it's going to be whoever's pulling the strings, really. And um, mm, a lot of money. Mm, a lot of money. We shall see. NFTs are pumping more than they have in a very long time. Yeah, the now, NFT market has shown signs of life as the crypto prices have risen Yay. early this year. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> NFT sales jumped thirty eight percent in January with Board Ape Yacht Club leading the charge. Let's see if it can continue. As a part of that, OpenSea's Polygon NFT sales top Ethereum for the second straight mm, month. That's mm. pretty cool. Mm, interesting. The total number of Polygon NFT sales on OpenSea beat Ethereum each of the past two months, but they're mostly low-cost assets. Mm. I think I saw what are your that. Thoughts on Polygon then? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't spend a lot of time on the network to be honest. I, I like it, but I don't spend any time on I it. I mean, the NFT market as a whole, like, what I think we're somewhere down ninety five percent in January versus last January in terms of volume. Mm. I think it was somewhere. I think in January 2022, we're about $4 billion worth of sales in January, and we're down to like $400 million in January this year, mm. so 12 Still months got later. your moon, boy, moon bird? Still got my moon birds. Yep. Um, but I haven't done too much else in the NFT space. In saying that, there's still some really 
interesting stuff going on. I can't remember the exact project uh, the other day, but there's still some some launches, some failed launches as well. We saw mm. Porsche come out the other day. And oh, awesome. that Porsche run was horrendous. They did not do well. Oh. Uh, I think they went way too high on the supply and price mm. is a bit high. And price is too high, anyway, what are they thinking? Yeah, anyway, yeah. so... Yeah. Yeah, interesting to see where they go to from here. And the Australian Open, you know, they had their AO Art Ball. Didn't go as successful this year as, as it did last year. It sold out though, didn't it? I don't think so. Mm. Oh, I don't, I don't, so. I don't oh. think so. Are they, yeah. I, They're I, on, again, the, on the Ethereum network? Or? Ethereum network, yeah. Again, I think it's just this, you know, people have been through hell in crypto and yeah. ETH prices. I'm a bit are, more bullish on the uh, old NFTs. I think they're going to come back stronger again this year. Yeah, I agree. I, I love the the idea of uh, the, the technology of the NFTs, whether it be events, memberships, whatever it might be. But Yeah, I think the sporting NFT side of things will probably yeah. kickstart. I don't think it's just, you totally know, the, I just don't think it's a PFPs that are going to be enough anymore. No, and mm. I think it was very similar market movements to the ICO craze in 2017. Mm. You had so much capital 100%. come in. Yeah. Yep. You've seen the likes of Jake Paul, you know, a famous influencer that had his NFT project. He's now being sued by all of his holders because he hasn't delivered. Oh, Logan Paul. Sorry, Logan Paul. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Paul. Oh, God. Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's a bit of a disaster. So, so many Numpty. projects just took the money and ran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot of those. Mm. All right, moving on. So, Marky Mark as I know, or Mark Wahlberg, as you guys know, I mean, his production company, Unrealistic Ideas, is getting in on a bit of FTX action is planning a documentary focused on the relationship between Sam and his arch nemesis, Binance founder, CZ. So they, they're describing the, the, um, the project here, but basically they're going to go into their entire relationship and their rivalry. So everyone's trying to get on the action. This is hilarious. So there's multiple projects out there that we've been telling you about in the pod- podcast, um, including a Netflix movie and a book by well-renowned uh, author Michael Lewis. So, yeah, that's just some more NF- uh, for SBF news there for you. What else have we got, Blake? Cool. So the FBI seized a bored ape, a doodle NFT, an 87F, and a 40K watch from an infamous crypto scammer that goes by the name of Horror. Mm. And Horror was part of a multi-million dollar crypto scam that infiltrated 600 plus Discord servers and 12 Twitter accounts to steal crypto. Uh, in last September, uh, an, an independent blockchain investigator uh, <laughs> who tracks hackers and scammers exposed Horror. Uh, so Zach... ZBT, as he's known, the scammer, is a bit of a cult hero in the community, showing the tracking capabilities of the blockchain. So, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think it's just going to get harder and harder to do scams. These guys move crypto around all sorts of networks and exchanges. But, you know, at the end of the day, these guys have have tools now that can track, track it through the system. Yeah, I love that story because this guy is, like, becoming a bit of a... He tracks a lot of different people. Yeah. And this guy was, he actually tracked the actual individual too. He yeah. actually managed to find out who the person was individually through yeah, right. some way. I don't know exactly how he did it. Beauty but of the blockchain. Yeah, blockchain, you can't hide. Right, uh, Russia's largest bank, I'm going to stuff up this name, Shabur Bank. I don't think that's right, but anyway, we'll run with it. Is turning to DeFi. Uh, it's aiming to launch a new platform by May and it will be an Ethereum compatible and customers, customers will be able to use MetaMask wallets. The bank is a majority state-owned and is and is home to one-third of all aggregate banking assets in Russia. There you go. I think they're already using stablecoins over there too in Russia. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the, the crackdowns came from the US government when they were buying and uh, trading oil and other commodities. They started using mm. stablecoins to get around the US dollar ban. Yeah, it's going to be interesting then with the sanctions, whether or not, you know, the US government puts pressure on consensus who owns MetaMask, mm. you know, to block, you know, mm. somehow the, the use of these tokens going through 
you know, the wallet, mm. you know. So, but then they become, yeah, yeah exactly. So and they're not. The tentacles, yeah. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that one. Moving on, Samsung has revealed it is working to build its own metaverse and VR headset, hinting at the possibility of a launch in the very near future. The device will be built in partnership with Google and Qualcomm and will give Meta a run for its money. We always pull the piss out of metaverses on our show because they're like, oh, another bloody metaverse. (laughs) But, um, you know, this is Samsung, so, you know, in theory, you know, it might be better than the one that, you know, who, 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 who did the really... Bad one that like twelve people turned up to late last year, wasn't it? Like the there's probably a few. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was um, the European Union. Yeah, remember late last oh, year yeah, yeah, they did yeah, the European Union people. did one, and there was like oh. six people that came up. They were all like, mm. yeah. <laughs> Spend much time in metaverses? Oh my god! Oh, not really. I've seen a couple, but uh, yeah, you know, I think it makes sense with Samsung though because a lot of headsets. Um, you know, use the Samsung phone to click in mm. um, and, you know, they could use that for gaming and all sorts yeah. of stuff. So, you know, the barrier to entry for people there would be much, much lower. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Are they yeah. Korean, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. All right. So last Thursday, the NFL announced plans for the first ever virtual Super Bowl concert and this will feature hip-hop artists... <laughs> sweet, sweet, sweetie. Sweetie. <laughs> and the concert will launch during the Super Bowl weekend on Roblox. That's pretty cool. I know. Uh, so a massively popular multiplayer online game. Uh, and if you have kids, you know it. The Super Bowl is the next is next Monday, and we're pretty sure it won't be full of crypto ads like last year. So <laughs> maybe budgets uh, will be a little bit less. How many did we have last year? Seven. I think there was six or seven. Six. 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 So the word on the street is there's a recent crypto project. One yeah. of our analysts told me the other day they've just raised two hundred million dollars, and they're spending a hundred million on a Super Bowl ad. No. What next week? Yep. Oh, wow. So there's one we know of then. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be one. Because it got. Wow. We know it won't have Matt Damon or Larry David in it. So. Oh yeah, or Steph Curry. I think he's been burned by FTX. Oh, yeah. Oh God. Wow. Okay. Well, there you go. But still, I mean, I think um, you know. Roblox has done a few things now with um, with crypto. Yeah, and it's, on, it's onboarding the generation of the future. Mm-hmm. So my kids know all about it through that. So will we see Bamboo and Smithy on the uh, uh, on the, yeah, the Super yeah. Bowl? Well, if, you, <laughs> if, if um, you know, collect a shift on a chip in, <laughs> perhaps. Okay, we're going to end on some positive numbers from Glassnode this week. Glassnode is an on-chain analysis company. Forty nine percent of the total Bitcoin supply stayed the same wallet for more than two years. Mm-hmm. It's a new all-time mm-hmm. high diamond hand. The fact mm-hmm. that investors have held on during the crypto winter shows there's still a ton of confidence in BTC in the long term. Plus, I also saw, guys, that the other day that we've hit an all-time high number of unique Bitcoin addresses with Bitcoin in it. We've mm. ticked over 42 million unique Bitcoin addresses with more than zero Bitcoin yeah, in yeah. it, which is the highest. With more than... So basically with, with some Bitcoin yeah, yeah. in it. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which is showing that more and more people are still, you know, growing and using the network and and back to 50% of the supplies held by people that haven't moved in over two years, plus two to four million maybe has been lost, mm. I think, according to some research reports. So, so what's that mean, eight, eight, 18? Let's say about 18, 19 million Bitcoin, nine million hasn't moved. How many millionaires in the world? <laughs> more than more than 21 million. Mm. Well, not enough no. Bitcoin in the world for every millionaire. No, but that's really good info from glass nodes there. That's, that's good, isn't it? Know, diamond hands for sure. And who was it? Someone, one of our directors actually told me the other day, at this point in the market, after everything that happened with, um, 
you know, FTX and Luna last year and, and the really big flush out that anyone that's holding crypto right now... There's no reason to sell. There's no reason to sell. <laughs> it's the idiots. It's the idiots left holding. <laughs> and, and the whales, we've seen a lot of the, the heavy, bigger wallets start to accumulate really aggressively. Mm. Three or four weeks ago, we saw, like, some of the most aggressive accumulation by the bigger mm. Bitcoin holders um, in history. So it's showing that, again, the, the weekends, the not the bamboo listeners, everyone here is holding, but those people that maybe bought mm. in November 2021 flush out the uh, the mm. big guys sort of roll in by the big guys. And it just happens over and over again. You look at it on chain. Mm. Every cycle, retail investors buy at the top, the market goes down 70%, they get scared, they sell, and then the whales come in and pick up all the Bitcoin. It happens mm. over and over mm. and over again. Is that Is you, it? the big whale coming in? No, I'm not that big whale. Mm. <laughs> mm. But it's easy for us, to, the three of us, to sit here and get excited about cycles and Bitcoin prices and, and the future because we live and breathe it and we, we look at this news and, you know, I, I, I sift through and think, what news will I put in this week? Because there's so much news, mm-hmm. there's so much going on, but other people that aren't in the industry just hear those snippets that's in the mainstream media. Yeah. But there's so much being built out right now. There's so much going on yeah. um, and that's what gives us faith and, you know, we know where we're going and what's happening. Jack, so. Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, he doesn't work there anymore. He's been working on a Bitcoin project that's coming out later this year as well. It's kind of stealth, but he's launching a, a Bitcoin wallet plus some other things being built on top of Bitcoin. So mm. there's a lot of uh, lot of money, a lot of smart people building the space that you don't hear about in mainstream mm. media. There you go. That's why you've got to listen to the, uh, the pod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, we're about to sign up. Is there anything else that you want to talk to us about or tell us about that's happening in your world that's exciting, Benny, before we finish off? Uh, well, I haven't told you guys this, but uh, something that we're going to launch to the Bamboo uh Users, listeners, is we're launching a free complimentary crypto strategy call, 15 minutes, mm. for anyone that mm. maybe wants to uh, increase their strategy. Maybe you're, you're buying with Bamboo, your dollar cost averaging. We can basically go through and help you do like a security uh, analysis of your portfolio so we can help you like make sure you've got all your you know, 2FA and make sure you're using the right accounts and, and whatever else. And we can give you some personalized market insights, give you our latest strategies on how to sort of set yourself up in crypto. So if you're needing a little bit more one-on-one help, um, you'll be able to head to uh, that site. It's going to be collectivefifth.io forward slash bamboo and that's going to be complimentary for wow. bamboo that's listeners. Awesome. That's awesome. the show notes. Yeah, yeah that's I haven't told huge. You, I haven't told you yet. Oh. I've kind of, kind of forgot about it. But, wow. <laughs> but it's super huge. cool, yeah. And yeah. for the first for the first few, they're going to be with me. So if um, if you want to... Wow. For the first... Yeah, I don't know how many. depends. Yeah. How do I sign up? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a I don't think I'd want to show you my portfolio. I'd be too embarrassed. Oh no, you don't have to show your portfolio. It's, it's however you want to take it. So if you have yeah. some questions, maybe you want to know about a coin or some mm. latest trends or some opportunities we're looking at or strategies we're using, mm. you can take it in any direction. You've got 15 yeah. minutes to... Mm. Well, what if you've got a friend who's a complete degen? His name's yep. Craig Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> okay, funny story. I spoke to Craig last night. <laughs> oh, did you? Craig, uh, Craig and I had a bit of a, a call. Oh, gee, I'll He's just sign him up. <laughs> He's a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be gutted he wasn't on with us today. Craig will be back with us next week on the show, folks. Um, but th- that's amazing. We didn't know that. So that is that 15 minutes with you or anyone from a collective shift is is incredibly valuable. And like you said, for anyone looking to up their game, you know, whether they've got, you know, whether their portfolio they have now or they're wanting to to build one. That's that's amazing. So thanks, Benny. That's no, awesome. No worries. Thanks. But um, look, I think we'll leave it there. That's the week in news in crypto and we'll be back with you all next week. But again, if you want to get in touch with us, podcast at getbamboo.io. Follow us on socials. Um, thanks for joining us and we'll be back next week. See you later. Bye for now. Yeah. 
You have been listening to an Equity Mates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697.